welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. My name is Patrick Feltz. Uh, as always, it's been about a month since we last recorded, but we're back, uh, ready to record all three of us for the first time since January. Uh, we're here in March, March 6th, Friday afternoon, we're recording this. Got some news, got some updates, got some bold predictions for next season because, well, it may be March Madness season. Uh, we can't stop thinking about college football. We miss it. Anyway, joining me out in New Jersey Griffin Healy. Griffin, what's up? I am just thriving, and I am counting down the days till Big Ten football starts. Amen. Uh, Griffin was out here uh, in the great state of Indiana last week. Griffin, how was your trip? My trip was very good. I enjoyed all the schools I toured, and I am extremely excited uh, to be back in Bloomington. So we'll see what happens in May, where I go, and I can't wait. I agree. Uh, I'll be I'll be in Bloomington next year as well. Uh, we'll see what you decide, but you know where I stand. Absolutely. Anyway, joining us from Nashville, Tennessee. Just kidding. He's not in Nashville, Tennessee. He's actually in East Lansing, Michigan, home of the Spartans. It's Reed Murray. Reed, what's up? Yeah, I'm here uh, in enemy territory. I've seen a lot of maize and blue and a lot of green and white um, at the Detroit airport and walking around Lansing today. Uh, I made sure today I got on my uh, Ohio State, my red Ohio State uh, hoodie and been wearing it proudly everywhere I go um, because I, I just can't stand being in a state where there's so many fans of these teams. So I got to I got to rep my team. But, yeah, I'm having yeah, a good time out here. Got to hold your own. Yeah, you always got to represent, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, when we last recorded, uh, just me and Griffin, no read that night, but uh, we announced four new episodes coming up. Uh, they were special episodes with incoming Big Ten football talent recruits, Bryson Bonds of Indiana, Jay Higgins of Iowa, uh, Jordan Morant from Michigan, and from Nebraska, Xavier Betts. Uh, Xavier Betts, uh, his name was escaping me for a second. I almost called him Wandale Robinson, but obviously he's the best receiver on Nebraska right now. Uh, uh, so those episodes will be coming in the next couple weeks or months. We haven't finalized dates with those guys. Obviously, uh, they've got to find time for them, get around their practice and training schedules. I know they're very busy, but uh, we're excited for those episodes. Plus, uh, over on our Instagram a couple days ago, uh, we announced a series that we'd kind of been hinting at for a while and talking about called First and Ten Classics, where we're going to break down old games and uh, go in-depth on dives of team seasons and games from, from years ago. And the first one we're going to be doing, uh, Tommy Devine, my cousin, the Tommy Devine podcast, he's been on here a couple times. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk about 2008 Illinois and the 2008 Rose Bowl. Uh, but in addition to that, if you guys have any suggestions about games you want to hear about or games you want to see, I know there are a couple we're going to do. We're going to do OSU Alabama 2015. Uh, I would like to do Michigan State versus Iowa, uh, the Big Ten Championship from also 2015, but December, not January. Uh, I think we'll do Ohio State Purdue from 2018 as well. But if you have any requests, uh, be sure to let us know. Anyway, to the episode. Uh, when we last left off, uh, Michigan State had just parted ways with head coach Mark D'Antonio. And since then, they have made a hiring. Colorado Buffalo's head coach, Mel Tucker, is the new head coach of Michigan State football. What do you guys think? Um, I don't really know how I feel about this hire. Um, because 
Colorado, they've been sort of like they've been an up and down program the last few years, but I'm glad to see somebody new in East Lansing because Mark D'Antonio has been a great coach for the Spartans. He he took them to a uh, Cotton Bowl victory, a Big Ten victory, multiple Big Ten championship games. He's been as a very successful coach, but as we've seen at uh, the playoff too. Um, but as we've seen the last few years, it's it's good that he got out of the program now because it was on a decline, and it's good that. I think he'll still leave. I think people have a positive image of him in his mind after all that success he gave them in the early 2010s. So I'm I'm just glad to see something new in Michigan State, uh, any slanting for Michigan State, because it's exciting when Michigan State's good. They're an exciting team, um, and it's, it's, it's exciting to see teams go play up in the cold in East Lansing. Um, so, yeah, I really hope that they can be successful again in the next few years. As much yeah. as much my thoughts I'm an Ohio State fan. Griffin, anything you want to add about uh, Mel Tucker being hired? I know you've already talked about uh, your thoughts on uh, Coach D'Antonio extensively with me uh, about a month ago at this point, but anything on the new head coach of the Spartans? Um, I'm not sure if – like, I'm not really sure how to feel about this hire like you guys because – Mel Tucker, he's a fine coach. He's a great coach, although the last Colorado Buffalo season may not say that. I just don't know if he's going to fit in with the Spartans. What makes I mean, I get that. I, I It's just yeah. weird seeing like a Pac-12 coach like going to the Big Ten. I mean, he's a Michigan State grad. Oh, uh, okay. That part I didn't know about. Yeah, at least according to his Wikipedia, Michigan State and Wisconsin grad. So he's got Big Ten experience. When he's a double grad, that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how he got it, what he did. Uh, But what I do know is, uh, number one, Colorado has improved under him. I mean, they were fine the last couple of years. Nothing to write home about, but... Uh, they they had some big wins. They beat Nebraska, which I know for Colorado fans is a huge win because they're rivals. So there's that. Plus, uh, I had something and I forgot it. <laughs> oh, uh, his tweet. He tweeted kind of on the downside of it. He tweeted like after there were rumors of him going to Michigan State, he tweeted like Buffs Nation. I'm not going anywhere. Go Buffs. Go Colorado. And then, like, a day later, he took the Michigan State job, which, <laughs> number one, I think is kind of hilarious, probably because Michigan State just brought out the checkbook for him after Luke Fickle said he's staying at Cincinnati. But, I mean, poorly aged tweets are always pretty funny and unfortunate for Colorado fans that it had to be that one. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Yeah. It's always – that reminds me of a video I saw of uh... – Kyrie Irving a few years back. Um, it was around the, the time. Celtics, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a little bit before he left, um, talking about how he would never leave Cleveland. And, all, and again, this, this video was from about 2014 or so. So it's oh, much wait. less ironic than, than that tweet. But it, was, it, it reminds me of it. It was pretty funny. I'm thinking about the one of Kyrie after he had left Cleveland and been traded, forced his way out, traded to the Celtics, he, he was at some season ticket holders party in, in Boston, and he said, like, if you guys want me back, I'd love to stay here and win championships in Boston or something. And then by the end of the season, he hated it. Everybody hated him. He was a malcontent in the locker room, and he signed with the Nets. <laughs> uh, I think that speaks more about Kyrie Irving than anything else, but we're not here to talk about the NBA. Uh, that's pretty much all our thoughts on Coach Tucker, but on Michigan State in general, before we uh, kind of go into some future predictions for this upcoming season later on in the show, uh, I don't think I have any super bold takes about MSU. I think mine kind of falls in line with most people, and that's that it will be a down year and a pretty disappointing one unless you're – if you well, a disappointing one in comparison to the rest of Michigan State football's last decade plus. But 
given the expectations for this year, it would pretty much be right on track. And I'd say that's four or five wins and no bowl appearance. But do you guys have any other thoughts on the Spartans this coming season? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, after getting that pinstripe bowl win, Michigan State could have a bit of momentum. So there's that. But, yeah, having a new coach in, especially playing in a very tough Big Ten East uh, division, one of, if not the most difficult divisions in the Power Five, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to have success year one under a new coach. But you can look at uh, you can look at Michigan State their their schedule on the bright side a little bit because their out of conference schedule pretty easy if you ask me. Or well, actually, I shouldn't say that easier than well, some got others. Miami. Miami, honestly, uh, Miami, Miami could be a different beast this year. I I know people love overhyping Miami, but I don't know. I like the quarterback they brought in from Houston. That's true. I do like yeah. Derek King, but don't even talk to me about about the Miami Hurricanes. They they just continue. No matter what, they'll let you down. Whether even the year when they went like ten or two, yeah. ten and two or so. Uh, oh, and they they, uh, they were a playoff team, and then they lost to Pitt. Yep. Uh, don't uh, even talk to me about. Miami or University of Miami expectations. I do not, I will never believe in them for a second until they go undefeated and win the national championship. I think Michigan State can beat Miami this year. They got Toledo at home, they have BYU on the road. And although BYU is not the best team in the world, they, they did get a, a home win against USC last year. So I don't know about that one, but I mean, Michigan State doesn't have the most challenging out of conference schedule in the world. So yeah, they mean, could I surprise talking... us early. I think Michigan State's going to look good in the beginning of the season because they open with Northwestern at home. Could be a win, although they play badly against Northwestern. Usually. Yeah. Then they have those three out-of-conference games. So people might have a bit of a high expectation for them as the season starts, and then that sort of fades away as they start playing the Iowas and the Michigans of their, con- or, or of their schedule. Yeah, and I want to talk about that BYU game for a second because I mentioned this uh, last time, and – I think that's kind of a weird one because at BYU, at least for an East Coast team, number one, you have to adjust to playing in the mountains and playing on mountain time. So your body clock's two hours behind, two hours ahead. And the elevation, too. The elevation, yeah, exactly. Plus, the BYU crowd is just kind of – it's different than any other crowd in college football. And I'm not saying that as an insult, but it's just – there's not really anything like it because – I mean, it's a Mormon school. It's just different than everywhere else. It's not like playing at Michigan or Ohio State, but it is still a challenging crowd. Like, it's not easy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's pretty much it on Michigan State, unless you guys have anything I have else you want to add. add. All right, let's talk about the transfer portal for coaches and players. I mean, yes, it only exists for players, but – in, in our hearts, it exists for coaches as well. And the team who's been most affected by the transfer portal this season probably is my Indiana Hoosiers. Well, actually, no, they have not been the most affected team. I would say that's Rutgers. Rutgers has lost a ton of guys to the portal. but Rutgers is also a team. Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers. That's the other thing. Rutgers is affected in a good and bad way. But I say overall, uh, Rutgers – Transfer portal is a win positive. for Rutgers this year. Net positive, I would yep. say. Yeah. I, losing Blackshear. Well, Blackshear's not committed anywhere, so he could still come back, which we'll get oh. to coming back. Oh, did the he, did he in decommit a minute, from but... Virginia Tech? I'm pretty sure he was there on that. Oh, he, he already Yeah, he's been there for Tech. a while. Okay, I missed that. I missed that. It's okay. <laughs> oh. Wait, no, I definitely knew that. I just slipped my mind. Yeah, okay. he's, he's going to face uh, so he's going to Virginia Tech, so they're not getting him back, and that sucks because he's an awesome running back. And, like, when we watched Rutgers last year, we said he was pretty much the only bright spot. Uh, but they got uh, – what's his name? The dude from Wisconsin, our guy, Aaron Grookshank. Uh, he'll, he'll, be a lot of, he'll be a lot of fun to watch for the Scarlet Knights if they can use him the way we'd like for him to, like a personal yeah. type. So uh, that that's that on, on Rutgers, but – I was talking about Indiana. Indiana's lost a lot of really, really good players to the portal. Uh, Peyton Ramsey, of course, backup quarterback, filled in for Michael Penix, led the team all the way to the Gator Bowl where they blew it. Uh, Koi Kronk, offensive tackle. He was a captain last season. Or, uh, well, he's a guard. Indiana wanted him to play guard. Uh, at least the reports say Indiana wanted him to play guard. 
where he would play in the NFL because that's just the way he's built. Uh, but Indiana set at tackle where he played before and he didn't want to play guard. Matt Bedford actually filled in for him a freshman last year after Koi Kronk got hurt and missed the rest of the season. Uh, he played very, very well at that tackle position and uh, Kronk would have had to play guard. He didn't want to, so he transferred to Iowa. And then the biggest one, I think, was Samson James. Uh, he was a four-star running back recruit out of Avon, Indiana, originally an Ohio State commit. Decommitted from the Buckeyes, flipped his commitment to the Hoosiers after uh, he was in Columbus for the Indiana-Ohio State game two years ago. And he said, my heart's on the other sideline, which I think is a pretty cool thing to say. I'm with him. And uh, he got into the portal earlier this week after Indiana's strength and conditioning coach, who has been regarded by a lot of people as one of the best in the country, uh, joined the staff at Alabama with Nick Saban, which, I mean, you can't turn that down. It's Alabama. Uh, he actually, I don't think James would even no, 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 no. make it in Alabama, you know? No, James wouldn't have gone to Alabama. I don't think I don't think he would have gotten the offer. I don't think he's good enough to go to Alabama, even though I think he's a really good running back. What I'm saying is he really liked the strength and conditioning coach. He had a connection to him because the strength and conditioning coach was also from Avon. And apparently it was just like a super rush decision. He was mad. He spent a lot of time with this guy. He recruited him. So James went to the portal and earlier today he exited the portal. He's staying at Indiana, which is huge for the Hoosiers because Stevie Scott if Samson James were to have left was the only scholarship running back on the roster. And if Stevie Scott missed a game or two, like he has in the past, uh, they were in trouble. So it's huge that he's going to be staying at Indiana this season. Uh, do you guys have anything else on transfers or coaching or anything like that? I think you said it all, Pat. Yeah. I... Yeah. That was a little bit of a, a rant. Oh no, you're, not, you're and... completely fine. And I think I missed out. Did Peyton Ramsey go anywhere yet? Because I have not heard from him since. Peyton Ramsey is not committed anywhere. Peyton Ramsey is still. Okay, just making sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, He's not not signed anywhere. And uh, from the people I follow online, I don't think I've seen any reports of where he could be leaning. I suggested Michigan State as a possible option, but. I like that. uh, Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suggested it. last time on the show, but we haven't uh, seen anything suggesting that. That was just me shooting from the hip. Uh, I actually like that. Yeah. Ramsey. Yeah, I think he could – he would start and uh, get some playing time in the Big Ten. I don't know if he'd want to stay and play against the Hoosiers, though, because that could be a totally different issue. Uh, another Indiana note, uh, Peyton Hendershot was arrested a couple weeks ago uh, after – uh, reports of uh, uh, abusing his former girlfriend. Uh, he has been suspended from the team indefinitely. Uh, I don't want to talk about this too much because I think it's just horrible. And I hope that if it's true that he is punished correctly and that the woman gets justice and she is uh I, I hope she's all right is all I can say. I don't want to dwell on that because I can only imagine the pain that she'd have to go through mentally and physically after something like that. Uh, and in a much, much less important note, uh, this is horrible for Indiana football. Uh, it obviously pales in comparison to the pain that that woman had to go through, but uh, Hendershot's an incredible tight end and not having him on the team next year is going to hurt a lot. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else for me to say about, about that situation. I hope uh, for the best. Uh, for, I don't want to say much else. Yeah. I have. Yeah. There, I don't, I don't like it at all. Not one bit. It's gross. Yeah. It's I horrible. won't further additionally comment on the situation. No, I think it's it's just a terrible, terrible situation. And it really, really makes me disappointed that somebody would go and squander all the talent they had and do such a horrible thing. But it, it happened, and we have to report it. We got to talk about it. It's a shame. 
Uh, let's uh, flip it a little bit, change the subject. Uh, spring practice is starting up. Uh, not many news or notes from around the Big Ten other than uh, out of West Lafayette, Rondeo Moore is back on the field. And last week in practice, he caught a ball, ran into the end zone, and did a flip because Rondell Moore is a freak of nature, and he is incredible. What do you guys think about him going into next year? Obviously missing a lot of this season with injury, but what do you think about next year? Um, this, this sort of goes into my prediction about Purdue. I've mentioned this before. But I think let's go Purdue, right into it. We're going to do hot takes. Yeah. All right. Let's go, let's go right into it. Um, Rondell Moore, huge reason why Purdue is going to be a potential Big West champion next season. I say this. Mm, I don't know. I say this because there's there's actually a, there's actually a lot that I got uh, that I, I I believe in Purdue a lot next for next season because I like their coach Jeff Brom. I know he's not the most popular guy. He's, he's not always seen as you know the, the greatest coach ever, but I he's he's good enough for Purdue. I think he's good enough to have, to coach a successful Purdue team. Um, you got of course you got guys like Rondell Moore and David Bell in your roster. Um, so a lot of athleticism on this roster, and I said this last season. Whenever Purdue um, was in the latter half of their season, and a lot of guys were injured, a lot of younger guys getting experience. Getting experience playing against Big Ten teams is huge. They're going to be much more confident, better players next season, which is going to add to that or add to their potential for success. Um, I, I got to take another look at Purdue's schedule. I forget exactly who they have on there. But I don't recall their schedule being ridiculously difficult. And I, I have a feeling that some of their, their top competitors for that top spot in the Big Ten West are going to regress a little bit. Wisconsin, I think the loss of Jonathan Taylor is going to hit them really hard, although they still have a good offensive line. I still believe in their defense. With the lack of production at the running back position in Wisconsin, we've seen historically, Wisconsin, they're a school that, that does well – with good running backs. So without a strong back like Jonathan Taylor in, um, I think that offense could struggle a bit. And uh, if you look at Minnesota, Minnesota, a lot of their success last season came from having an easy schedule. I know they beat Penn State. That's huge. They beat Auburn. That's huge. But other than that, they didn't face too harsh of competition. This season, they're going to have a harder schedule. Um, let me let me take a quick look at who they face. Um out of conference, pretty easy. They got Florida Atlantic, Tennessee Tech, and BYU. BYU is at home. I think they should sweep those. But they got Michigan. They got Michigan State. They got Nebraska on the road. Not easy. Michigan State's on the road. Potentially not easy. They got Wisconsin on the road, which, side note, this isn't really related to my Purdue prediction, but they don't play Wisconsin in rivalry. Yeah, I noticed week. that. It's, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's really weird. The, uh, it's, I, hate, I hate when this happens. I think the Big Ten should, no matter what, every season have the exact same matchups. You obviously you, – you have, you have your obvious ones. You have Ohio State, Michigan, Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois. Um, and then, the of course, game is an obvious one, right? Uh, you would think Minnesota, that's Wisconsin. One, but I, I guess not. <laughs> obviously. I think the other three games – I think the other three matchups should always be Iowa versus Nebraska, Penn State versus Michigan State, and then Maryland versus Rutgers. I think it should be like that no matter what. This Penn State – uh, Rutgers or Penn State, Maryland kind of thing. I don't like it one bit. I've said this about a thousand times on this podcast. Anyway, that's my spiel on rivalry games. Um, anyway, Minnesota schedule more difficult this year than it was last year. And Purdue, they face Memphis. Going to be tough. They face Air Force. Going to be tough. But I think they have the guys to beat uh, these two teams at home. And although Purdue in the past has laid eggs, against uh, non-conference teams at home. I think with a team with experience, a, a well-coached team, and obviously you got Rondell Moore, one of the most athletic players in college football, I think they can take down uh, these opponents. And then you go into the conference schedule. I mean, they do have kind of – Yeah, they have a very hard schedule. But when you were they're saying, awake, okay, they're when you were saying earlier that they don't yeah. have that bad of a schedule, I was about ready to say, whoa, hold on for a second because uh, – I think this is a very hard schedule, and no matter how good I think a lot of their players are, which I do think they have a lot of very talented players, 
uh, playing against a schedule like this will not be easy. And if they can come out of it anything above six and six, then that's very impressive given the quality of play that they're going to be facing this year. Now, but think about this, though. The two best teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Penn State. They don't face either of those teams. So there's that. You know, let, actually, let's run through let's run through the schedule. I'll give my predictions. You guys obviously aren't going to agree with all of them. So all right. we'll, we'll run through it real quick. Loss. At Nebraska. Loss. I say that's a oh. Memphis at I home. I think they either win, win this one or they win against Air Force. They don't win both. Air Force at home. I'm calling them yeah. a win. They'll be I got them starting three now. Or Memphis. They're one and two. Win. At Boston College. Clear win. Although Boston College, uh, their new their new head coach is Ohio State's former defense coach, air defense coordinator. Um, there was somebody – there was someone who transferred – to uh, Boston College, I believe. God, I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody from Ohio State who transferred there. Cannot remember from life of me. Anyway, yeah, no, I think that's – no, no, no. That's a weird Bye-week. travel game. I don't trust them traveling to the Northeast. That's that's weird. Chief. Chief. Have you been paying attention to yeah, the I know it the sucks. last few years? You cannot tell me that Boston College – is going to take down a Rondell Moore and David Bell Purdue team. Yeah, I know Boston College isn't that good, but no, Sindler's and gone. still the quarterback too. Sindler's gone. He's you can't. No, he decided to not come oh, back gone? for six year of eligibility. He's going to be working at an engineering place now. I don't know what he does in engineering, but that's what I read. Whoa! No, it's wow. going to be uh, either Jack Plummer or I guess huh. Aiden O'Connell. Well, at, at quarterback, that's. I I think either of those. I think either of those Homer are good was fine when he filled anyway. in. But um, he's young. But yeah, I'm not worried about so anyway, their offense. I'm not worried I got about them their at offense. Four and yeah, right now I could see Boston College doing something, but not not yeah. winning it. Though. I got them at four and zero right now. No, that's a weird game. It's gonna. Yeah, I, see, yeah, I don't know. It, it's I don't really trust either of those teams in that yeah. game. I it, Purdue being on the road just makes me feel weird about it. I'm I'm saying Boston that's College, true. but this is again. Nine months before the season, or six wow. months before the season. Six yeah, months before the that's season. True, so that's true. I think and change, depending on if they look it's... really good in those first three games, I'm sure my opinion will change a lot. <laughs> and that soundbite will probably still be used against me, but I'm prefacing it with that. Yeah, right now I could. So anyway, so yeah, now sorry. we go into the bye week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, so 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 we're in the bye week now. I got him at four and zero. Patrick, you got him at two and two. Griffin, yeah, I got three him and one and three. Three and one. One and three. All right, all right. You got him. Okay, one and three. All right. So now they get two uh, bye weeks in a row. Yeah, basically Ouch. another bye week. Okay. I got him at five and zero. Then at Illinois, at Illinois, I dare say no. Illinois is gonna. Illinois is not bad. There. Illinois is not. I got bad them at all. starting off. I like Brandon Peters. No, no, Illinois Six-0. wins. I say Illinois does not give Purdue a challenge at all. I got Illinois losing this one by at least 21 Line points. by six. At nah. the very least. I think Purdue 34-28 Illinois. It's because Illinois doesn't play offense. And Purdue is – Purdue. I like Illinois Brandon doesn't Peters. play enough offense. And no all defense. Purdue does is play offense, essentially. No. I disagree. We, we disagree here. Loss. Uh, anyway, yeah. at Michigan, yeah. I think we're all in agreement this is a loss. So now I have them six and one. We'll get it. Northwestern at home, homecoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me Purdue. Seven, seven, five and three for me. Yeah, seven and one at Minnesota. I gotta say that's a loss. At Minnesota, I'll call it a loss. Seven. Okay, seven actually, hold up. Wisconsin at home at Minnesota. Actually, I want to talk about at Minnesota. Give me Purdue for in a this second. One. You know what? I feel like Minnesota is going to lay an Go egg ahead. in this one. Think about it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Again, Minnesota's going to be, be coming off a road game against Michigan State. And I think they'll be riding high after that. And they'll be – and I think Purdue's going to have a bad record at that point. I think they're going to have, like, what, two or three wins. And then after Purdue, Minnesota's got to – so I think they're going to overlook it. And I think Purdue's going to win that one. I'll give them at Minnesota. So, 
So you're telling me, let me get this straight. They're going to lose at Boston College, but they're going to win at Minnesota. Purdue plays Northwestern. No, I'm I'm well, I'm just trying to get this straight. So let so in these so let's say in these games, Purdue plays Nebraska, BC, Rutgers, Illinois, Northwestern. You got them maximum three wins in those, right in those five games. I think Illinois is good. Wow, we yeah we Memphis and Airport pretty strongly really good um, for 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 G five so, teams. So now Memphis I got Air Force them at 7-2. Two two. The I got season. them at 7 I don't two. think Memphis is going to regress one bit, even though they lost their head coach. I like Air Force a lot, too. And winning at Nebraska week one, that's hard. I disagree. Nebraska, Nebraska is going to be way better this season. I think Nebraska will be good. We'll get into Nebraska in a minute. Yeah, but anyway. So now I have them at 7-2 and two going into Wisconsin, then Iowa, then at Indiana. I say Purdue wins one of these games and finishes the season eight and four. However, you know what? Actually, I, I, I'm gonna give them nine and three. Wow. I, say they win two. Just... I say I got them be. I have them beating Indiana. I got them beating Indiana, and I think they take one of the two against Wisconsin Iowa. I don't think they're gonna lose three games in a row. I don't think no, they're gonna I lose mean, I mean this, Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean this in the night. Nice nah, nine and three slash eight and four. Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I feel like so. So you guys may look at this and think, okay, so this is this year's Minnesota. This is the team Reed goes in the season with. This is not Minnesota. Minnesota last year, I said Minnesota will win nine games. Mark my words, it is going to happen, and I will bet anything on it. I would say. I'd bet a little bit on this. I am not fully confident in Purdue. I'm confident, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any sum of money or any. I'm not gonna make any bets on this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I see it. I see it happening. And if I'm right, December 29th, 2019, I called it. That's all I'm saying. But I, yeah, I don't uh, feel I'll say my best case as I, do, as I did in Minnesota. I, my best case scenario for them, I but think, it's still is like my bold prediction: seven and five, and more finishes like top three in Heisman voting. Ouch! I don't, yeah, I, think, I have like a... I think their defense is horrible. Ouch! Number one, uh, other than Karloftis and one or two other pass rushers, they've got nothing on defense. Number two, they can't run the ball. They just have a horrible run game, and you can't pass the ball every single down. No matter how good those receivers are, because Bell and Bell and Moore are incredible. Yeah, but Rondell Moore can be used as an H back. Rondell Moore can be used as an H back. Rondell Moore was used as a, essentially a running back against Ohio State. He was uh, he basically split uh, plays between uh, halfback and wide receiver. I think they can do that in a lot of these games because Rondell Moore is a hard guy to tackle. Throwing the fact that first off he's extremely fast, so he's just hard to get your hands around him. But he's a strong guy too. He can work as a running back in some plays. I'm not saying. He's gonna become a running back. It's not gonna be his main role, but but I feel like teams he can gonna, run the ball. If they start using him as a running back, like, you got jet sweep kind of plays too. Running back, it's gonna be so obvious for teams to take control of him. Yeah, he's hard to tackle, but when you see him in the backfield, automatically know okay, we're gonna send our linebackers in and we're gonna play like a run. It's it's not it's not that hard to figure out once you see it keep happening. Then you throw a deep ball to David Bell on a play action pass. Then you run play action and hit David Bell That's up. That double, guy can make some said, crazy catches. If you see, if you see more in that field, player. you have a second corner or a safety who's going to take on Bell in addition to that corner if they do run a play action. But other than that, you're sending your linebackers in because you think it's going to be a run. Eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten. Then, that, then if you're double teaming uh, Bell and Moore and all that, then – there's just not going to be enough guys to cover everybody else. And, I mean, the guys on Purdue, we're not talking about, like, F- FCS players. These are guys who can still make plays. Share the ball to the other guys. Eventually, they're going to have to uh, make a decision who they want to cover, and someone else is going to get left open. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I think no, Purdue succeeds in offense this year. Bad. I just don't think they'll be able to run it at all. It, they'll be able to run it. Defense will be an issue. I, I don't see I don't see him finishing nine right. and three like you do. That's that's a pipe dream. Sorry. All right. Okay. 
we agree to disagree. Okay, read what's your hottest take. Or Griffin, Griffin. I say that's my yeah. hottest take, but I want to. I mean, what's yours? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my hottest take or my per- or my take on Purdue. Whatever you feel like. If you want to continue talking about Purdue, sure. But other than that, you can go in through your, your hot take that you want to present. Yeah. I mean, like, I again, I have to stick with the take every year that I have um, with Rutgers not finishing last. But this year, I actually think that's going to happen. I think Maryland might finish last this time, especially with the way that we um, emphasize the portal. I honestly think that Rutgers has more of a net positive than a net negative. And I don't think Northwestern – I don't know if Agreed. Northwestern will finish last this year. I know last year I was so confident and so very um, agitative towards Northwestern and presenting their 2-10 and 10 record that I predicted. But this year I think they'll finish better than expected. Maybe like 4-8. and eight. You called it. You really called it on Northwestern. You made me look like an idiot on them. I'm going to – yeah, I don't know. I just had a vision. I didn't think they were going to do that well. Vision. I love it. Uh, so so your take is Rutgers will not finish. That, this. and I think Northwestern's going to finish better than, like, what they did this year. Like, they cannot do worse than what happened last year. I think they'll be a 4-8 and eight team. Okay. Uh, my take, it's nowhere near as hot as either of you, but I think Ohio State will not only be the best team in the country and number one for the entire season, but I also think they will sweep the Big Ten awards next year for the top, like, four awards. Offensive player, defensive player, freshman, and coach of the year. I think Fields, Wade, Paris Johnson Jr., and Ryan Day win all four of those. Am, Am I crazy for saying that I think Ohio State is going to win the national championship next year, and I don't see who's going to stop them. I think they're on a revenge. I don't think you're crazy to say that. Although, I was going to have that be one of my hot takes, except anytime I predict anything near an Ohio State national championship win, they always screw up. Last year, I said Ohio State's going to screw up and lose to Northwestern or something. They went undefeated the regular season. And anytime I doubted them, they proved me wrong. And then the one time I was all in, I, I was like, Ohio State can't lose, was the Fiesta Bowl against Clemson. What do you know they lose? So I don't want to even touch an Ohio State national championship hope with a 10-foot pole because I want to see Ohio State win so badly. So I'll just say you're not crazy. Right. I can really see it. And let's not forget about the Ohio State uh, wide receiving uh, recruits that they have. Lots of talent coming Oh, yeah, they've got uh... – a. What's the guy's name? Uh, I talked about him last time. I had watched his tape. He is uh, this guy's incredible. Uh, it's gonna bug me. Number one, it's a lot of guys. One, no like kidding. Uh, number yeah. one recruit at uh, the receiver position uh, in the nation. Uh, what's his name? There's there's one player who I know. I know this guy. I know this player, but I don't know how to pronounce his name and I don't want to pronounce it wrong. It's Smith something is his last name. Let me see. Where is it? Where is this guy's name? Oh, Julian Fleming. Julian Fleming. That's his name. Yeah, this guy's awesome. Uh, Instantly. Him and him and Alave. But one thing about Ohio State too, though. uh, I think they're him, Alave, and Garrett Garrett Wilson Wilson too. That guy is I'm going to say uh, Fleming and Alave are the two best receivers on the team. Who do you like better, Bell and Moore or Fleming and Alave? I'm going to have to go with a write-in on this one. I think I like Alave and Wilson the most because, I mean, Wilson, I mean, he had an incredible freshman year, but if that's the kind of stuff he produces for his very first year in college football, just imagine what he's going to do next year. I think that – I mean, I'm not going to say you're overlooking him because I know – that you've seen this guy is incredible, but I mean, Garrett Wilson, he, he has some really impressive film. This guy continues to impress me every single week. And I think he's going to do very similarly to Chris Olave, the way he performed last year. Chris Olave had a bit of a breakout freshman year, although he didn't, he didn't really show up until 
uh, the last two weeks. Um, but I think Garrett Wilson, he's going to be phenomenal. He's going to yeah. get a lot more national recognition mm-hmm. next All season. Right. But the guy I had as uh, freshman of the year uh, for the Buckeyes is Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Cincinnati, 6'7", 290 pound freshman. <laughs> Let me repeat, six foot seven, two hundred and ninety pounds as a yeah. freshman. This guy is massive. He is going to be a body for the Buckeyes in the offensive line this year. Uh, he's an obvious NFL talent, a first round caliber guy, number nine recruit in the nation. Uh, one of two top ten recruits for the Buckeyes alongside Julian Fleming. Uh, I think Johnson Jr. is probably just going to get more playing time. And Fleming and Fleming will get a ton of PT. I mean, he's he's so good, but uh, obviously Wilson and Alave have the experience above him, and I think Johnson will just slide in perfectly to an offensive tackle role on this team and start pretty much the entire season. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about Ohio, regarding Ohio State that really concerns me is uh, the running back position. Obviously, no more J.K. Dobbins. He's going to the NFL. Um, but my guy, Nashville and Master Teague, injured. Hopefully, the coaching staff says, hopefully he'll be back uh, for week one. But we don't know. We don't know how well he'll uh, – what kind of condition he'll be in when he's back. So, Steel Chambers, last year's third string running back, it's looking like he's going to be number one uh, in the depth chart. So – We'll see how he does. And although, I mean, I have a lot of confidence in any running back for Ohio State because Ohio State's been loaded into that position in the last few years. We've had Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber Jr., lots of good talent there. So I think anyone who steps in can do well, but maybe not at a national championship worthy level. So we'll yeah, have to see. Uh, That's something I'm okay, nervous about. When you were about. talking about stepping in running back and just filling in, uh, that reminded me, when you were talking about how Wisconsin is going to be down this year because Taylor's gone, I agree the running back position for Wisconsin won't be as good. This is just totally off topic from what we're talking about right now. But uh, Wisconsin is great at anybody who is a decent-ish running back becoming an elite running back because the offensive line at Wisconsin is always amazing. So I'm not worried about Wisconsin's running back this year without Jonathan Taylor. But uh, for Ohio State, yeah, with Master Teague hurt, there is certainly some concern. But I think once Teague's back, uh, I, I like him. I am 100% a Master Teague believer, and I have been since early last season, uh, since we got to see him play in blowouts when uh, Dobbins got to sit and get some rest. So once Teague's back, I think that's going to be a fine position for Ohio State. And hopefully Teague can at least be back for, like, uh, the biggest game of the season in the non-conference, and that's Oregon. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that Oregon game uh, for Ohio State is probably the the non-conference matchup I'm looking forward to the most. Okay, uh, I don't know what that sound was, but there was a lot of it. Anyway, uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. You know what we say, death, taxes, technical difficulties on the first and ten. Uh, but the, the two non-conference games I'm looking forward to the most, just on a side note, Oregon and Ohio State. And, the other, uh, and on the other side of that coin, Oregon's rival Washington is hosting Ohio State's rival Michigan week one. looking forward to both of those games uh anything else from either of you guys before we go um i want to talk about one thing i may have said this prediction earlier um well first off i want to throw it out there just look at my notes let's make this one quick but rutgers i got them at four i have them at five and what do you you guys have uh, records for them what do you guys think i'm calling it three and a half Four wins, somewhere between three and four. I think they'll they'll beat Monmouth. I think they'll actually beat Maryland this year, even though it's on the road. And then I think they take one of either Syracuse or Temple. No, I think they'll take both. All right. Who's the fifth one? Uh, okay, so one second. So sorry, I had um sweeping non-conference. Uh, okay, that's fine. And you've got them beating Maryland. Who's the other one? Yeah, so I have the uh, three non-conference games. 
Maryland, and I honestly think it could be Illinois. I would have said Nebraska, but Nebraska is getting better from last season to this season, so I think Illinois is a safer bet. I don't think they'll beat either of those teams. I, I, I like Illinois more than you guys do. I know you guys aren't too high on them, and and I also like Nebraska more than you guys do, So, or at least more than Reed does. I know Reed kind of iffy on Nebraska. It's amazing. Uh, I got them at six and six. I say they'll be the best six and six team in the nation. But um, anyway, back into this uh, station. I'm gonna give you guys my my way 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 too early college football playoff predictions. All four teams. Here's what I got. In the Sugar Bowl, I have number one the Clemson Tigers, thirteen and zero, taking on. The twelve and one Pac twelve champion Oregon Ducks. And then in the Rose Bowl, I have the number two seed, either thirteen and zero or twelve and one. I'm thinking twelve and one. The SEC champion Florida Gators taking on the number three, twelve and one Florida Big kick. Ten champion Ohio State Florida kick for a while. You're saying for a couple what months, I think Florida's gonna go to the playoff, which uh, you're certainly entitled to that opinion, even if I don't agree with it. Uh, I think Alabama's going to be back in the playoff this year. I think Nick Saban is not going to take it. I don't. I mean, Nick Saban a year after missing the playoff, he's not missing the playoff in back-to-back years. Uh, that's enough on Alabama, though. Uh, on Ohio State, I think that I think they'll go undefeated, and I know you don't want to say that because you don't want to curse them, you don't want to jinx them, and that's totally cool. <laughs> but uh, okay, one question. Are the one and four and the two and three locked into their bowls, or could theoretically Ohio State, the Big Ten champion, get to play in the Rose Bowl as if they were the number one seed? Okay. Yeah. Is the number sorry, one versus again, number four 100% going to be the Sugar Bowl, or could it be the Rose Bowl instead? No, the number one seed, it, it always goes to whoever's closest to the number one seed. That's where the number one seed plays. And the two and th- everyone else just okay. Is basically it only closest or do they get to the, the other bowl like, by default? Because I think if they had the choice between the sugar and – I think Ohio State – because I think um, Ohio State is going to be the number one they team the, in the country, number one well, seed. But I don't think uh, – I think they would pick the Rose Bowl over the uh, Sugar Bowl. I don't think they get the Big Ten thing. necessarily – I think the committee sort of gives them something, but I think it would be who they chose anyway. Like for example, I think if Ohio State played Oregon, Imagine that game, they... which won't happen because they're going to play the regular season. Uh, but theoretically, if it did, or if, or if it was say Washington or something, yeah, I think if Ohio State played the Out West team, whoever pick your favorite Out West team who you want them to play, I think they'd put them in the Sugar Bowl because that's closer to Ohio State and the their opponent. Wouldn't get that advantage, although Ohio State would. No matter where Ohio State plays, yeah, it'll be more of an Ohio State crowd than the other team. Um, I think they would put them in the Sugar Bowl. I think the school might get a choice. I'm not 100 sure because I know uh, two years ago when it was Alabama versus Oklahoma, Alabama was closer to Dallas than they were to Miami, but they were facing Oklahoma, who was even closer to Dallas. So, hmm. so they ended up playing in the Orange Bowl in Miami. So I don't know if it's their choice or the committee's choice, but it always ends up paying That's a weird geography thing uh, that Alabama's closer to uh, Dallas and there to Miami, but I never would have guessed that. Uh, but I, I have a I have a pretty similar playoff to you. Honestly, oh, go ahead. I, what are we gonna say? I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but it's it makes sense. Florida is a huge state. Actually, now that I'm looking at the map, Alabama no, might it's actually be closer to the state of Florida, Florida because Alabama Florida is a huge state. May be closer. It's true. Oh, no, actually, Miami's no, way, way down the south. Yeah, they're, gonna, uh, they're, they're closer to Dallas. Yeah, way, way down. So, yeah, never mind. I was looking at um at Orlando. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. All right. Uh, they were closer to Dallas. I'm thinking – I think, again, there are going to be three undefeated in the playoff. I think Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson all go undefeated, and I could see any of them being the number one, number two, or number three, probably Ohio State or Clemson would get the number two because of SEC bias. Just kidding. Uh, 
I think Alabama or Ohio State would get the number one because they play the high, harder schedule than Clemson. Uh, but I could see any of those. Uh, Clemson does play Notre Dame game. this year, though. Let's not forget. It's one game. The, the ACC is bad, obviously, That's compared true. to the, and the SEC. I mean, Alabama has to play LSU, Auburn, uh, an improved Tennessee team, and Ohio State gets Penn State, Michigan, plus more. Oregon on the road. I mean, I'd argue Oregon on the road is just as hard of a game as Notre Dame on the road. When you factor in travel, especially. So, True. Uh, I think those three teams are, are going to be in the playoff this coming season. And the fourth one, you see, I don't really know. Uh, I could see Oklahoma, but they're a little more iffy at quarterback for the first time in a couple years. I, that's the thing. I think Oklahoma is really aggressive. I think they're I think the best Oklahoma team in the Big 12. At the but very best what does that mean? Two. Exactly. I think there's no way. I don't think it's possible mm. at all for Oklahoma to have a better record than ten and two. I don't. Trust I got Texas. Texas one of the big. I don't 12. trust Texas. I think Oklahoma goes nine and three. I don't know. Oklahoma is going to be weaker this season, obviously. Yeah. I don't trust them either. But I, I mean, honestly, I don't trust anyone. Yeah, yeah, I was the wild, wild west. I, was I got Texas and Iowa State in the Big Twelve championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, I, I guess I could see Oregon if they win the Pac-12 getting in. But I, I don't know who's going to get that fourth playoff spot. And that's the beauty of being six months out from the season is I don't have to know right now, and that is totally okay. Yeah. All right, and any other any... – Yeah, it is, and that is a cool feeling. And it is funny how, I'm, how we're so certain on some of these things when so many things could change from here. Uh, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to imagine – what that yeah, playoff it's only March. Like what we are months away from football, like. and the drought has never felt worse. I'm sure it will only continue to get worse until we start inching closer to the season. Uh, anything else before we go, guys? No, I think all my comments. Um, I think said. we said it all. Unless you got something. Uh, whatever you guys want, I have nothing. Nothing from me. Uh, award show coming soon. Uh, be on the lookout for that in your feeds in the next couple days, coming weeks. Uh, I think the hiatus is over. We took pretty much the whole month of February off. But we're going to be back to a semi-regular schedule, maybe once a week if we're lucky and the news cycle helps us out. We'll see. But maybe once every two weeks. We'll be sure to let you know. We'll be sure to... Keep you updated. There will be more content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later. Bye.